thanks for tuning in to the Buddhist Recovery Network podcast. My name is Thomas Valentine, and today we are sharing a Dharma talk by Vimalasara. Watch the triggers. This was recorded as part of our live Dharma talk and Q&A series that we do the first Sunday of every month. It's free, and all you have to do is to join is click the Zoom link we post online. Please join us next month for a talk by Kara Haney. She did a talk on compassion this last year with us, um, and I am obsessed with it. So we are really excited to have her back January 6th. To find out more info, go to BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash academy. everyone. Uh, welcome to the Buddhist Recovery Network Academy. I'm Robin Smith. Um, today we have a teaching by Vimlasara Mason John. Watch the triggers. The festive season is here. Um, so, um, well, to begin today, I'd like to bring to mind every, every lovely human that makes up our worldwide community of listeners, of practitioners, um, and to all of our collective efforts to be in recovery. Thanks for being part of our Sangha today. Uh, our format, here it is. Um, we begin with a short period of meditation, followed by a 15-minute Dharma talk. And we're going to end with about uh, 10 minutes of questions and answers or reflection, depending on what you have for us here. Um, we'd like to encourage each of you to enter your questions at any um, part of the program. And you can, if you go to the menu bar at the top, at the bottom of the screen, there is a chat icon. You just click on that icon. There's a screen that will pop up uh, and there's a place on that screen to enter your questions and to chat. And then um, our teacher will address them at the end of the program. So um, each of our academy teacher, it, each of our academy teachers is, is practicing generosity in action. And we're incredibly, fortunate to have their teachings uh, to help us in our recovery efforts. So if you'd like to support both of our teachers and the ongoing efforts of the Buddhist Recovery Network Academy, we invite you to give Donna, um, whether it's on a one-time or a recurring basis. So I'm going to put that link into the chat field and we'll put it, put it into the chat field again at the end of the program. And um, yeah, if, if you do go to donate, if you could indicate that it's for the academy, I think there's a couple of options, then we'll know that um, uh, it was uh, in response to uh, our teachings. So on that note, I'd like to introduce our teacher, Vimalasara Mason John. She's currently the president of the Buddhist Recovery Network. She was the co-founder and guiding teacher of Healing and Insight, which is an on online faculty that explored the sharp edges of suffering. She's an award-winning author of eight books. Uh, and she's the co-founder and co-author of Eight-Step Recovery, using the Buddha's teachings to overcome addiction. And there are now eight-step meeting, eight meetings in four continents as a result. She's also the co-founder of Mindfulness-Based Addiction Recovery, and she's a senior teacher in the Tri Ratna order and community. So coming up, she'll be leading a 28-day online course called Mindfulness Approaches for Addiction. And this begins uh, 
on January 13th. And I'm going to put the link into the chat field, but I'd also like to um, say it aloud for our podcast audience. It is mbar2020, mbar2020.eventbrite.com. Welcome, Bimla Sara. Um, going to, uh, I'm going to turn my video off. My video off. Um, we invite you to we're, uh, we invite you to leave your video on. Um, however, it's probably best to keep your your audio off until the question and answer session. Thank you so much. Hi, and um, I'm curious, uh, Chris. Are you really in Japan? Yeah, I am in Japan. Thank you. I'm in a little uh, place called Misawa, which is up in the northern tip of Honshu. Right. Okay. What are you doing in Japan? I'm an active duty Navy. I'm in my last two years and I retire with 24 years in the military. Oh, um, lovely to have you all the way from, from Japan. And I have, so from one extreme to the other, I've got Angela here. We've met, have we met Angela? Yeah. Yeah. Angela is closest to me, I think, uh, Vancouver Island. And uh, just to let you know, Angela, I have a recovery retreat happening in, um, on the Sunshine Coast in a couple of weekends time. So, uh, so it's great to, to see all of you. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining me today. It, it gives me great pleasure to be with you all. And I just want to say that when I come and do this, this is a, this is a recovery meeting for me too. Okay. So I really get a lot of benefit being here and to remind myself of all those triggers that are going to be happening over this festive season, over the Christmas season and New Year's season, because there's a hell of a lot of them. And I have to remind myself. But let's uh, start with a um, short meditation. So I want you to have a good look at your hand. I want you to have a look, good look at your hand. And this hand is going to go onto your heart, okay? Yeah. Because this hand on your heart is going to be the very thing that's going to give you some kindness, you know? We don't have to wait for anybody to give us kindness and compassion. We can give it ourselves. So with this hand on your heart, I really, as you breathe in, receive the kindness from your hand into your body. So as you breathe in, Breathing in kindness. And as you breathe out, breathing out kindness throughout your whole body. As you breathe in, breathing in kindness. And as you breathe out, breathing out kindness throughout your whole body. And I really want you, as you have your hand on your heart and you're breathing in this kindness, I really want you to really see if you can actually feel and experience the kindness. What does the kindness feel like when you breathe in? And it might not be a pleasant experience. So, you know, you don't have to think, oh, I've got to look for this pleasurable experience because kindness as we breathe it in especially if we're not used to giving it to ourselves may not be experienced as 
pleasant. There may be some numbness there. And if you can't feel anything, just touch in or feel into the hand on your heart. So I'm going to keep quiet now. I'm going to just uh, do the phrase one more time. And then I'm going to leave you on your own. And together, as we breathe in, we receive kindness from our own hand. And as we breathe out, we breathe out kindness throughout our whole body. Welcome to the person who's just joined us. So inviting you to place the hand on your heart. And as you breathe in, receiving this kindness. Breathing in this kindness and as you breathe out, breathing out the kindness throughout your whole body. And really see if you can feel the sensations of kindness as you breathe in and breathe out. So breathing in, we receive kindness from our own hands. And as we breathe out, breathing out kindness throughout our whole body. And as we breathe out, having the sense this time of breathing out the kindness to each and every one of us on this flat screen. So as we breathe out, we're breathing out kindness to Chris, to Angela, to the person on the iPhone, to Ted, to Jen, to MM, to Dan, to Robin, to Kate W, to M. Groff, 
to Shauna, to Flo, to Vimla Sara. So as we breathe in, we have the sense of breathing out kindness to each and every one of us here on this flat screen. Because right now, this is our community. We are in community. Yeah, and so just radiating that kindness to each and every one of us. Perhaps you could write in the, the chat and just say how it was for, for all of you. Sometimes it's important after we've um, just done even a short session of meditation to just communicate how that is for us because sometimes we can be activated when we meditate and we're just left with that. So it'd just be really good to hear from some of you just how it was just doing that short practice of, of kindness. Yeah. Mm. Let's see. Let's see what, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because actually giving kindness towards ourselves can be really difficult. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And sometimes when we give kindness towards ourselves, it can be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It started, and yeah, and just actually really demonstrating how sometimes it can start off feeling awkward and then end up feeling this warmth. Yeah, so enjoyable and like the feeling on the hand of the heart and the visualization, of the light into my body and the output of kindness into the world. Yeah, more difficult towards the self. Yes, often that is the reality that it's more difficult to give to ourselves, easier to give out to the world. Yeah, 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 I'm glad that it was moving to hear all our names, yeah. And uh, so warm and yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And just, and just to let you know, all of this, what you experience is, is just what you experience in the moment. There is no rights and no wrongs. If it was difficult, that's just what your experience is. And often people think when we meditate, it's gotta be all blissful and all warm and fuzzy, but actually often when we meditate, it can be difficult and that's part of the meditation. And in a way, you know, what you share here is, is, is our, it's basically the basket of emotions that we can feel um, when this festive season uh, comes upon us. For some people already, they're slightly activated and start, already started to get stressed because Christmas is coming and, you know, we've got to deal with the family, got to deal with all the stuff at work, all the food and the parties at work got to deal with seeing more people on the streets being that bit more wrecked or maybe you got to deal because somebody died at this time and there's so much and what I wanted to remind us of 
is the uh, the acronym that those of you who are in the rooms of 12 steps would have heard the acronym HALT. It's going to speak about this actually. And uh, I riff off this because actually we're going to start with H. So H, the festive season can be a bloody hassle. Okay. All right. Let's get, get this real. It can be a flipping hassle. It's like, why, you know, one time at the year, it's like, you've got to buy presents. You've got to have that money. It's a hassle. And we know it's a hassle because we know that actually the suicide rate actually goes up during this time of the year. Yeah, it escalates. So it's a hassle for many, many people. It's horrible. The H is, it's horrible for some people. It's horrible. And how are we going to begin to deal with that? And, and it's really important for us to actually acknowledge that with the looming, with this festive season looming, that for some people it's been a really horrible time and it's been a big hassle. Okay. But I also want to acknowledge for some people, it can be a happy time. It's an excuse for us to go out and use because why shouldn't we be happy? This is the time we can be happy. This is, we have permission. If there's any time we're going to be happy, this is when we're going to do it. We have permission to get wrecked, to eat more because that's what everybody does in this season. Yeah. So it's not just that actually when it's horrible and a hassle, that's going to be a trigger for us to pick up our choice of distraction. Actually, when things are going well, that can also be a trigger. You know, I often say sometimes, you know, I can be out in the, the woods where I live and the sun is shining and, and I'm experiencing happiness and it's like, I hear a waterfall and I'm really happy and the thought it's like a trigger. And I think, wouldn't it be nice to have a glass of champagne and a spliff? This is me moving away from my happy experience. So I also want to remind you that actually being happy can be a trigger. And I'm smiling. I, I have to speak to Jen, who's got this budgerigard, this budgie on her shoulder, that's making me feel happy, this budgie on my shoulder, on her shoulder. Very lovely. Oh, okay. And we've got Ted with um, the cat on his lap. And to remind us that actually pets are self-soothing. Yeah. Having a pet is really important. In fact, they're also saying, you know, actually people with certain types of dementia, having a pet will really help them. So pets are really self-soothing. So, okay, so we have H, hungry. Yes, H, are we hungry? So we can ask ourselves, you know, are we already beginning to get activated because it's gonna be a hassle and because it's a horrible time or because it's a happy time? But actually we can also sell, ask ourselves, are we hungry? And not just hungry for food, are we hungry for love? Is this a time when we feel alone? Yeah, because Christmas can be a really lonely time for people. 
And one of the things that I used to do, because I was fortunate, I had a, you know, I grew up in an orphanage. So Christmas was amazing. It was amazing for us kids. That was a great time. And then as an adult, it was like, oh God, what am I going to do? You know, everybody goes to their families. You know, I don't have a family. Where am I going to go? And I actually worked in um, homeless shelters for many years. It was beautiful to just go and work there and be with people. I got something and they got something. Yeah. Because, yeah, I was hungry. I was hungry, hungry to be seen, to be loved. And this can be a really, this time of the year can be a time when we really feel it and we really feel lonely. And then I started going on retreats over that time to deal with that. And now it's like, ah, it's just another day. Why make a fuss about it? I don't give presents. It's, it's just an ordinary day. Yeah. Sometimes I open my house if I'm at home. I'll open my house for people I don't even know to share food with me. But all these things, hungry, happy, hassle, horrible, can really be a trigger. And we need to be aware of this. Okay. So again, when we begin to feel this, we can put a hand on our heart and just soothe ourselves with the hand on our heart and just say, it's okay for us to be experiencing some of this and to let go of the story, the story of horrible. Yeah. The story of hungry, I don't get much love. Yeah. The story of it being a hassle, because it's those stories that can trigger us into picking up. So let's move into A. Anxious. Yeah. I've started to get a bit anxious, anxious because there's a lot more food around. And, you know, one of my, you know, basically, yeah, alcohol, drugs, I'm, you know, I had to let go of those, but I have to say that my core addiction was food. Yeah. And I was, you know, not just like overeating, I would purge as well. I couldn't be in a, I couldn't, you know, around Christmas time when there was all this food, you know, I was one of those people where I'd eat everything and then break, break the dish and pretend it all fell on the floor to cover up because I couldn't stop myself from eating food. Okay just like the alcoholic, if there's alcohol, couldn't stop themselves from drinking, you know, and there were certain drugs I couldn't stop myself from taking. And so this was a really difficult time. I was anxious and I got so anxious that that was a trigger because I just got into the story. Oh, there's going to be so much food. I can't cope. Yeah. So we have to be really aware of that. And there's one of these things that we can do. So Peter Levine, hug it's like putting so we could try it now put a hand under one of your armpits and the other arm over your other arm okay yeah just like that and you could try one side can be more comfortable than the other and to really just hold yourself just allow yourself to to hold yourself sometimes when I'm meditating and I get anxious, because I can get anxious and a bit activated in meditating. And I've been meditating for years. And there's this, you know, whether I do half an hour or an hour, those last five or 10 minutes can be anxious. And this is what I do. And it just soothes me. And just, yeah, yeah. 
And then there's this A with agitated. We can get agitated and we can get angry. A lot of anger can arise during this period. We can get really angry because we've had these arguments with family members or there's family members who we don't trust or family members who have hurt us and we're expected to all be together in this room and a lot of anger can arise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This effect. Yeah. And we need to take care of ourselves and we need to honor that. Yeah. And if we can acknowledge we're angry and to begin to tip under that and go back to the H and see actually we're hurting. Yeah. So with this halt and this H, we can also be hurting. Because often when we don't acknowledge we're hurting, we go into the anger. And if we look at the tip of the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg metaphor, all people see is that bit above my hand. That's all they see. They just see the anger. And that's what people are polarizing from. They don't see the hurt and the sadness. And how can we begin to allow ourselves to have that hurt and sadness, that vulnerability? It's easier to be in the anger because it gives us energy. It makes us feel alive. Yeah. But it gets us into trouble. And just acknowledging, yeah, that we're just feeling hurt. Yeah. So L moving into loneliness. Yeah. The wish to be loved during this time. Listless. Some of us actually begin to feel listless, no energy, lethargic. And all of these can be triggers because who likes to experience lethargy? Yeah. And especially those of us who perhaps knew in recovery and it's all getting a bit boring and we're beginning to experience this lethargy, this listlessness and, oh, well, if we have that binge and we pick up, it'll make us feel alive as if we're living. And we move away from this lethargy because this lethargy just, this experience is so uncomfortable in the body. Yeah. So we need to be aware of that. This is the, the neutral stage. Sometimes in that lethargy, nothing much is going on. And during this period, this festive season, externally around us, there's all this stuff going on. People excited, excited. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, everybody happy. Or they present that they're happy. Yeah. And nothing much is going on for us. And we want to be part of this excitement. It's, it's contagious. Maybe, you know, if we pick up, yeah. And sometimes we do it in the confines of our home privately, yeah. We have this lethargy and we, we kind of eat at home or we look at the porn at home or we gamble at home and, you know, we drink at home, yeah. We don't even have to go out of our home anymore. We just stay in our home and isolate. Yeah. Mm. So T. Yeah. Not just are we tired, but I know we have to be really aware because one of my biggest triggers is not giving myself enough sleep. And God, it's taken me a long time 
not to recognize it, but to acknowledge it and do something about it. If I don't give myself enough sleep, I'm at risk of picking up. I'm at risk of reacting. You know, I'm at risk of just feeling agitated and angry, all those kind of things. And I'm at risk of picking up food that isn't going to do me any good. So we need to know how many hours sleep we need. And you may be somebody who needs to sleep during the day and you have to give that to yourself if that's what you need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to go back to this lethargy because, you know, I'm one of these people, there's certain foods that I can, can just make me feel like this. And what do we do? We don't want to be sleepy anymore. We do something to make us wake up. Yeah. And we have to go through that and actually through that lethargy and actually think, well, maybe what did we eat to make us do that? But coming back onto this tea for tired, know how much sleep you need. You know, because when we're, in our, when we're in our active addictions, we don't know how much sleep we need. Yeah, we think we can keep on going. We don't. Our, our, our rhythm, our, our cycle, our rhythm is out of whack. Our central nervous system is out of whack. The circadian rhythm is out of whack. Yeah. So we need to know, are we experienced tiredness? But also, are we tense? You know, tense. That it tense when we can experience a tense in the body. What are we holding on to? Are, are we tense? Because all this can be triggers. Yeah. And I talk about halts because there's an S at the end of halt. Yeah. Are we stressed? It's a stressful time. Life is stressful anyway, but this time of the year is stressful for many people. It's like, don't have enough money, got to be with the family, I'm not going to be with the family because they're going to put pressure on me, I've got to buy all these things, I've got to buy presents, I've got to do all these things that I don't want to do, I go to work, it's all around me, I can't, you know, if I, you know, want to protect myself and guard the sense doors, I can't guard the sense doors because when I go to work, I see people there partying, blah, 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 when I'm on the streets, I see it in the streets, yeah, so, yeah, stress, yeah, and sad, sad is a big one, how many of you enjoy being sad, yeah, I used to pride myself, you know, when, when I heard somebody had died, I would go out raving, I'd go out clubbing, because, because I was like, oh, I don't have to make myself happy, wouldn't experience, allow myself to experience the sadness, I wouldn't allow myself to experience the sadness because I didn't want to be comatosed. I wanted to be able to move. I didn't want to feel the weight of the sadness, the heaviness of the sadness. Yeah. I didn't want to, didn't want to experience that because when I experienced the weight of the sadness or the heaviness of the sadness, what was present for me then, was that sad child, that child who was sad in childhood, that child who experienced a lot of sadness. Yeah. So again, this is why I say placing a hand on a heart, because whenever we're activated, whenever we are activated, the past is in the present. 
that wounded child, that wounded adolescence is appearing in the present and it needs to be held and it needs to be seen and it needs to be loved and only we can do that. Other people giving us this love and seeing us, that's the cherry on top of the cake. It's the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. We need to begin to see that child and have the confidence and the courage to, to hold ourselves and to give us that love that we didn't get as a child. So over this festive season, remember halts, you know, am I, am I being triggered? What's going on here? Am I happy? Is this, is this, is this, is this why I'm thinking about using? So whenever you find yourself thinking about using, get curious rather than believe the facilitated thought. I, I need a drink to make me feel better. I need a drink because, you know, because it's party time or because I deserve this. Get curious. What's going on? Am I experiencing happiness? And it's a trigger. So we just enjoy the happiness or is something horrible going on? Am I experiencing hassle? Yeah. And one of my things that I teach people is it's 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 the instant breathing space. The instant breathing space. I was taught this. I was taught this years ago, told, so you're gonna stop smoking whenever, whenever you have that thought you want a cigarette, just do this. And I want you all to try it now. Just do this. So those of you who haven't got your camera on, I'm putting my fingers to my lips and you can take a pen and I'm just taking this. This is why we smoked, okay? Because it gave us a break. When we inhale and exhale, it transports us into a different place and it gives us a moment, a moment to stop pause because when we're activated we're not going to be able to do a five minute breathing space and get in touch with the body we're not going to be able to do that we're too activated so again even if you can't do that go to get up and go to the washroom and take a moment get up from your desk and take a moment move when you're activated and feel the body lift your head up it's another thing you can do like with you you've get overwhelmed and your, your mind captured with these thoughts. Lift your head up. Bring it back down again. Yeah. These are subtle things that you can do. So I stop there. I'm sure I've gone a bit over my time, but that's okay. Any questions? Let's have time for questions. So you can Put the question in a chat or if you would like to come online, um, you can come online and we can have a conversation and I can inquire into your experience. Any questions or reflections? Hmm. Is there anybody who's worried about the festive season coming and if you are say why 
So not just you're worried, but why? Yeah, it's Chris in Japan. I, I put up a question in the chat box, but I can also just say it out loud. Um, thanks for all the, the teachings. Um, uh, do you have any like practical advice or practical tips for people that may be going to parties this season where alcohol is going to be served and they're trying to maintain their sobriety? So can I ask you a couple of questions, Chris? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been, uh, are you, is alcohol your, your thing? Alcohol is my thing. I've been sober uh, quite some time, but I, I, I get it to come up, you know, I, I, I help other people make it through. So I'm just wondering if you Sure. Okay. Um, well, one of the things that I actually say to people, and I had to do it myself, when I was new in recovery, I banned myself from parties. Just wasn't going it's just not gonna work. It's it's just not gonna work. When I went to parties, I picked up and I got to a point when I just said, you know what? You're gonna ban yourself for one year. And I did. I can go to parties now and then I leave. There's a point when I just think, you know what? This is it. I've had enough. It's time for me to go. So it's just a year out of somebody's life, you know? Just yeah. And there are, you know, more and more now there are there are places we can go. I mean, definitely in the culture now, recovery is very much in the culture, you know, places people can go. There are always meetings on Christmas Day. I mean, I, you know, I when uh, our meeting fell on Christmas Day, I traveled in with my partner two and a half hours so that we could open up for people to be there. Yeah. So in answer to your question, I would say if there are people new in recovery and some people say, well, I still want to go to the party and just say, well, you know, who are you going to ring? You know, who, who can you help? If you, if you get to that point, you think you're going to pick up who you're going to ring and know that you can leave. But quite honestly, if people are new in recovery, the thing that they need to be doing is not going to parties. Yeah. Cause they're just, you know, it's, 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 it's like having, it's like they say that if you leave, if you left a thousand dollars on a table for one morning, people walking through, somebody will take it. You've got to guard the sense doors. This is a, this is a Buddhist teaching, guarding the sense doors. You've got to guard the sense doors. Okay, thank you. Anybody else have a question? Yeah. Hi, my name is Victoria. I know I have the iPhone, but my name is Victoria, not iPhone. Uh, I lost my mom in June, and uh, she was big into the holidays and family and get together and just loved the holidays. Um, Thanksgiving just passed, and my family, um, some traveled out of town that I would potentially be invited to, uh, the, um, uh, you know, the dinner, and then um, some kind of ignored me, basically, and I ignored them. So um, the, um, so it's family dissonance, and it's a type of thing where I want to be invited, but I don't want to go. I would show up. Um, the primary group is um, sober, so that's not uh, an issue. Food is an issue for me more uh, than alcohol. Uh, but the loss 
and the grief is just like, oh my gosh, I just, it, it's palpable. It's in um, my body. And I isolated on this holiday. I had a friend uh, invite me to their function and I couldn't go. I isolated. My um, housemates had a party the day before, I guess, or the week before, and they just loaded the fridge with all my trigger foods. It was impossible to open that thing that just held this, you know, amount of foods. And also my foods were there, but they were, um, they were hidden by their, my trigger foods. So um, I partook some uh, and I isolated was the bigger thing and uh, just froze. I just went into freezing. So, um, mm, you know, I guess I want to walk through the grief. I have that desire. I certainly feel it and don't have a, a choice. But um, I want to let go or, you know, move beyond the somewhere else with that triggering and the craving. Thank you for sharing. And just um, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your mother. And it, it's still new. You said um, she passed over in June. Right. And yeah, and we're just in December. So it's still, still really new. And, and uh, there's no not to have to, to rush this. Okay. You know, it's to allow yourself to have the sadness. But can I ask you the question? Can sure. I ask you a question? What is the, the grief that you experience around the loss of your mother it's uh triggered by many things i i do some artwork i got her um colored pencils and her um oh the pencil sharpener and i opened them today and saw the shavings i wanted to sharpen my pencil mm. and i saw the shavings and i went oh my gosh i won't um see her use them again i won't uh look at her drawings and it's mm. magnified it's so many things that i can't mm. um i can't mm erase them they're just mm. everything is there so i just go into a a, a pit a pit mm. of sorrow like a drop mm. a drop in my belly that is more substantial than if a plane dropped but mm. it, it it feels like that it's just like whew. but it's mo it's like visceral it's all of me primarily in my stomach is this the first time you've ever experienced that visceral feeling in your life? Yes, I haven't allowed mm. it. You know, if, if mm. it's been there, I've used uh, mm. so that okay. I didn't sure. feel it. Okay. So the loss of, of your mother, who else have you ever lost in your life? Um, uh, my husband left about four years ago after mm. 15 year marriage and just, mm left no closure i mean we talked mm. about it and so he's coming up some too but he's more sure. in the background and i had some closure with my mom uh but um mm. 
I didn't have any with him and he won't communicate with me. And before your husband, who else had you lost in your life? Did you lose anybody in your life in childhood? Did you grow up with your father? Did you, who who did you lose? Uh, I grew up with my stepfather and my mother. It was a secret that I found out that he was my stepfather. I was born, uh, Catholic in the fifties and wow, Catholic Mm. women did not have, um, unwed mothers that wasn't, Mm. uh, done, but she had me. Um, so I have felt that loss from, um, from the beginning and her also, she was very cold to me. Um, my mom, until I can hold you that I'm just going to hold you. That's no, that's fine. So, So have you ever met your biological mother, your father, your biological father? father? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay. So this is, this, this, this is the loss. Okay. Mm. This is the loss. This you're allowing yourself finally to experience this grief because this is why it's so intense. Okay. Your mother, your mother was the key to this person. Okay? Yeah. So when your yeah. mother's gone, this is, this mm-hmm. is the loss. So you're not just grieving the loss of your mother, you're grieving the loss, the finality of your biological father. Mm. And of course, with your, you know, in a way, your husband going four years ago, not knowing this, this is, this is it. This is, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And okay. this is, this is what you need to be working with. If you have, you know, if you're in any therapy or whatever. I am. Yeah. Yeah. This is what the stamp okay. of abandonment. Okay. Okay. Is, yeah, because there's a, a story of abandonment. Your mother's gone, but you, your father, your biological father, there's a okay. stamp of abandonment. And this is what you need to be working on, okay? And okay. this is why it's so strong and mm. so intense. Mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity to move through it. And then practically, I don't know, is it possible for you to have your own fridge in your community house? <laughs> Uh, possible. Yeah, I haven't thought yeah. of it, but I have a lot of closet space where I definitely could yeah. make room. Um, yeah. I have yeah. to work out the electricity. Yeah. So to have your own fridge or where you, where you, you just go to your space where your food is and that's it. And you just yeah. make it clear. This is what you're working with and this is what you need to do because you don't want to stop them from having those foods. But sure. You just can't. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Thank you. Thank you all for um, the opportunity and holding the space. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. One other question. Anybody have have any other question? Yeah. I just wanted to, uh, it's not really a question. I just wanted to, Thank you for really diving into HALT. Uh, This is uh, Jen from Tacoma, Washington. Because in the rooms, I only thought of it as hungry, angry, lonely, tired. But the the H, the the hungry for connection, Mm. that just blew my mind. I was like, yes, Mm. that is so what I'm going through right now. Um, coming up on six months this time around after 
a four-year relapse, and before that, I had eight years. Um, and just so I'm getting back my my support group, you know, in the in the rooms and in the sangha, trying to build that up and trying not to isolate. And this time of year makes that even a little bit more. There's more expectations, you know, to be around friends and family. But I have a little bit of social anxiety too, and the balance between. Um, not isolating, but the self-care to where I need to step away when I feel like I'm being, you know, socially triggered. And my, my drug of choice was, you know, alcohol. So, yeah. So I just wanted to thank you for really diving deep into the, and halts with the S and just, you know, so I can reflect on that, my meditations. Mm. So thank you. Thank you. And, and just well done for getting yourself back on track. Yeah. Yes. Well done. Yeah. There's Thank freedom, you. isn't it? There's, there's real freedom when you get yourself back on track. Yes. And I just, this time of year, it's challenging to hold on to it, but I, I'm reaching out and I have, you know, I have support and just time around. It's just it's so great with all the, the Facebook groups, you mm. know, private Facebook groups. And then, mm all the different programs that we have recovery dharma i'm a member of that so yes yeah, so and this <laughs> thank you so much for this i really needed this this to today so thank you thank you yeah. Yeah. made me think that actually um perhaps um i might do a a meeting online a pop-up meeting online on christmas day actually yeah, we could, um, yeah, we'll talk to Robin about that. I can come in and uh, host it and actually do a, do a recovery meeting online, do an eight-step recovery meeting online. Yeah, 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 it's an important time. So any reflections before we end today? Any reflections? Mm. Uh, I'd like to say something if I can. Can you hear me? Sure. Who's speaking? Okay. Um, oh, Ted. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, talking uh, your Dharma talk about uh, the, the holiday season and uh, the, the emotions and the feelings and thoughts we can have this time of year. Um, in, in my situation, <clears throat> both my parents are gone. Uh, I don't have my own family, no kids, no, no, no you know, no marriage. So it, it can be quite lonely. I, I actually t tell people my favorite day of the year is January 2nd, the day after the holidays are over, you know, mm. and in the past, I would get very, very lonely, very, very sad. I would act out like crazy, you know, uh, to try to not feel that pain, but I'm, I'm sober a long time now and I'm much better at, sitting with the pain or loneliness but uh one insight that you brought brought to my attention is the hunger for love and i guess i extend that to connection you know i know that we're born to connect and uh we're we're, we're really on this planet to connect with each other and when we don't it's painful it's, it's sad it's frustrating um 
But, and then ironically in my addiction, I would isolate, which is the worst possible thing I could do to get connection, right? So, but uh, I'm much better at it now, uh, being part of, uh, well, I'm, I'm in with, with Recovery Dharma is where I heard about your, your, um, your talk today. And that Sangha is amazing. Um, and just in my life too, um, I, I do much better self-care. I love the, um, the heart thing that felt good. I love this, except when I did that, my cat hissed because <laughs> he was sitting right here and my arms went right in front of his face. Like, ah, all right. All right. So I, I hugged him. <laughs> but uh, so thank you so much. And thanks for letting me share. Thank you. And, and thank you for reminding me um, a part of the talk that I didn't talk about because yes, it's hungry for connection and this is the whole reason why we have addictions because we're hungry for connections it's not safe to connect with humans and so we connect with the substance that's where we're getting the connection the connection through the food or the porn or the drugs or or the alcohol or the behaviors this is where we're getting the the connection yeah because we're desperate as human beings we need connection and that's why yeah so difficult to to break these habits because for many of us connections with human beings was unsafe yeah wasn't a great place to be okay so um sending loving kindness to all of you here and to all of you who are listening and uh well maybe some of you, I know by the time you listen to this, the retreats will be gone, but I am co-leading a recovery retreat this week, uh, Wednesday to Sunday at Big Bear in LA. And um, you can come for the weekend on Wednesday to Sunday. And then uh, the following weekend, I think that's the 13th to the 15th, I'm actually uh, leading a retreat back in Vancouver uh, a, a, the joy of recovery that's what the retreat is and we're going to be co-leading that with brian dean williams the joy of recovery and the other retreat co-leading with diana gorge so uh you know who knows if it's spontaneous but maybe i see you on my online course uh in january what starts january the 13th the mindfulness space addiction recovery program which is a very good course it's all online and you can do it at your own pace and uh yeah so thank you and i really think that i'm gonna commit to doing a meeting on christmas day yeah okay so go well thank you thank you vimla sara thank you for your great sense of welcome um acceptance and and really the groundedness you bring to your teachings and that you you brought to to me here today and i i'm expecting that others have sh kind of shared this um, sense of community that your your words bring. Um, I wanted to again uh, invite you all if, if you're joining us here for this live teaching for those of you who will later join us by podcast or video recording um, we invite you to show your support for our teacher and our programs by offering what you can as Donna. Uh, your generosity helps to strengthen our recovery community. It helps to grow the academy and can be a practical expression of, of your gratitude. And helping to create these teachings is really an offering to everyone. 
So, um, yeah, you, you, um, I, I hope some of you make it to the upcoming events. And um, if you cannot, then please join us um, perhaps on Christmas if we're going to have a meeting on Christmas. Uh, and um, for sure, we're going to have uh, our monthly our monthly academy teaching and uh, kicking it off uh, for January of 2020 will be uh, Cara Haney, Cara Haney. And um, she is going to be giving a talk on Donna and, or generosity. Mm. So um, thank and you. And just, yeah. just wanting to acknowledge the part of the BRN team. There is Dan here and Robin who are part of the Buddhist Re Recovery Network board and do the work behind the scenes. So I just want to acknowledge you both. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, we couldn't do without you. Thanks for being here. Um, have a lovely week and may you be happy, may you be well and at ease and um, enjoy your holidays. Thank you. Thank you.